0: What's up, everybody? Harrison Van Riper here. I have a full house, full of strategy For people, once, for the
1: first time. Full of strats.
0: What's up, everybody? <laughs> it's Victoria in the house. <laughs> Victoria is over from London, so we have me, uh, HVR as usual, Alex Giracoux,
1: Mm-hmm. We're very excited to have everyone here in one place. Who
0: has been a regular co-host slash guest slash... We just call you a co-host at this point. By now, yeah. We're, we're, we're a tri-host <laughs> tri- at this point. Because we have a uh, Victoria Austin in the office as well, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a full full house today. So this should
1: be the best podcast, the, literally ever. the best, yeah.
0: literally the best. Although I haven't thought of a question of the week yet, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, how's everybody doing? What, what's what's the best thing that you've done this week so far?
2: Oh. I've had so many great things that's happened this week. I met Zuko, which I think Mm. is top of the list so far. Listeners
0: will remember that Zuko is Alex's pet. We haven't actually talked about pet, please. (laughs) Uh, uh,
1: Sorry. (laughs) Child. (laughs) We actually haven't talked about him in a while, have we? Yeah. When are we going to bring him on the show? Whenever we allow dogs here.
0: Maybe we'll have to do a mobile podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then last night we watched the Ducks versus the Stars. So that's ice
0: hockey. Mm -hmm.
2: Great. I loved it.
0: Super exciting. So fun. A lot of rain. Lots of rain. We all got drenched walking back to the train. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the Stars won. The Stars won.
2: Yeah, just. Just, Well, two to one. (laughs) A win is a win. It was tight. It was
0: tight. Um. So, yeah, so it's been lovely having you here. You're oh, here for until... I'm
2: Wednesday? here, I think, until next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay, yeah. cool.
0: Perfect. Um, And then this weekend we're doing barbecue. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. I would, yeah. Rick. We have got brisket, I yeah. think just everything you know texan i just want to eat everything that's texan and right. we'll have good
1: weather too so no more rain <laughs> hopefully yeah
2: actually i was quite surprised i was like why have i brought the english weather yeah to texas i
0: mean i'm kind of disappointed by that but I'm, i won't hold it against I'm you i'm sorry
2: I brought it with me but yeah no the, hopefully this weekend we'll have some nice weather some great food and just hang out with everyone in the dallas office you know and great company exactly <laughs> what more could you ask for what more could
0: you ask for um, I know what you could ask for. Some threat intelligence news. Oh. This is Shadow Talk, everybody. <laughs> um, let's start this week with talking about Avast.
2: So Avast said that it had encountered a cyber, cyber espionage attempt. So...
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
2: Yeah, well, I can tell you. <laughs> they actually released a um, statement on their website in which they describe themselves as fighting off a cyber espionage attempt. So they describe this cyber espionage um, actor, or I guess, yeah, campaign, mm-hmm. um, as Abyss. Is that correct, Alex? Abyss, yeah. That's what they said, yeah, That's
0: what they A-B-I-S-S. Said.
2: Um, and what they experienced, I guess, here is that they um, had seen that they, uh, this cyber espionage actor had um, attempted to kind of insert malware into the uh, CC cleaner utility. So um, what was interesting about this is also that it, was, it kind of mimicked a similar campaign or attack that happened back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, where Pretty this, well known. Yeah, yeah
1: very famous. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was really interesting because it was like they, they identified some kind of uh, malicious behavior on, on an old kind of unused account. Mm-hmm. Um, for their VPN. Yeah. And um, they had been tracking it since, or they saw the activity actually from May uh, of this year, mid-May of this year. Then mm-hmm. they kind of tracked it for a while. Um, and then once they were like confident that this was a legit, like this is not somebody that works for Avast or anything like that, um, they decided to shut it down, uh, shut down that temporary VPN profile. And then um, they revoked the certificates, revoked right. their certificates, and then they reissued them mm-hmm. uh, just in case, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they also rerolled the uh, user credentials. Yeah. Um So everybody had to reset their passwords. Essentially, yeah. um, they also, which I thought this was interesting, they they halted upcoming Sea Cleaner um, mm-hmm. releases. So, on, so they say in their statement on September twenty fifth, we halted upcoming Sea Cleaner releases and began checking prior Sea Cleaner releases and verified that no malicious alterations alterations had been made. Um, so, no altercations either. <laughs> um, so, it's interesting to see this kind of come back around, and they're like, okay, we we're learning from our past, you know mess up. Yeah. Not necessarily a mess up on their front, but you know, it, it was something that happened back in the day.
1: And they've learned. From yeah. It, they learned right? from it. They learned from it. And, and so they that, took a more proactive approach this time. Exactly. They said, All right. We're going to make sure that we track, trace everything back and make sure that nothing is. Yeah. Nothing weird. Nothing's going bad. On. Nothing weird. going on. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So, um, Oh, the other thing was on that VPN profile, the temporary one, they didn't have, uh, two F a enabled yeah. on it. So I think that was a uh, probably something that they've learned, that they yeah. will learn for the future, that maybe on all those uh, VPN stuff mm-hmm. that they'll have uh, 2FA enabled, um, just to kind of weed out any of the other people.
2: I think another question to kind of consider here is whether, you know, when they uncovered that they had, when they had discovered this cyber uh, espionage actor, was it by mistake? Was it on purpose? Like, were they purposely going through their systems, looking for this actor. like. Mm-hmm. So from the statement, it makes it seem like
0: they kind of first spotted the activity on October 1st uh, from a Microsoft advanced threat analytics um, activity, basically. Yeah. So
1: they saw it within the logs and then... Well, they saw an alert that was initially... They, they thought it was a false positive, so they mm-hmm. went back and looked at it again. And, and then they were like, oh, actually...
0: Wait. Yeah, and so then they kind of fact trace themselves so then they mm-hmm. went back to earlier in the year and in, into may and then that's when they started gathering everything uh together being like okay this doesn't look right and then on october 4th is when they saw it again uh pop up and then when, that's when they confirmed it and then they were like okay let's yeah. shut it down um so, so, yeah, so it's just kind of interesting right I mean the threat actor again they don't know if it was the same threat actor from before they don't know necessarily they don't call out anybody in particular um, they've just named the attempt Abyss so whether that's going to become a new <laughs> threat actor name mm. or not we'll into see
2: into the Abyss yeah exactly and it's
1: interesting too because they deliberately kind of let the threat actor continue on for a little bit just to track their activity and really understand what's going on who are they targeting right and maybe they can understand why
0: and that was around october 4th as yeah well. yeah so it was interesting um i think you know it brings up again the question of third-party risk you know, supply su- chain supply chain yeah. um obviously avast and sea cleaner being a uh, under heavy scrutiny from you know the, the previous attack in 2017 um all eyes on them just to see what's going on so i think i think is actually a fairly good response from them just to just to be like This is what happened um we took you know what we believe to be the proper steps to Mm kind of mitigate against it um i think you know fairly straightforward and that's all that people ask for in these situations transparency is transparency yeah um so yeah so it's interesting but it brings up all those points again Mm um so it's definitely something to think about for the future um in terms of third-party risk and supply chain
2: yeah and i guess from a kind of business angle um Avast uh, acquired Piriform, the company that produces the product Sea Cleaner, mm-hmm. in July 2017, and then in September 2017 they experienced the first breach, mm-hmm. and now they've had a, another uh, breach, and it just goes to show like when these companies are acquiring acquiring products, like do do your due diligence. And I guess it was probably very difficult at the time when they were acquiring uh, Piriform mm-hmm. because a breach hadn't happened, but then it comes into their hands it's now one of their company assets and they have to take it under control so um, yeah I just think that's yeah I really think interesting
0: in terms of due diligence I think like you know obviously the business side goes into all kinds of due diligence for return on investments and mm-hmm. all that which <laughs> I could have completely used that term incorrectly in that in that sense but because um, I don't know nothing about business but <laughs> um, but do your due diligence on the IT as well the IT systems that they have set up, the assets that they own, maybe if they have some shadow IT out there that they don't know about, like that's all stuff that you should know about if, yeah. you're, the, if you're the purchasing company, right? So, because you, you want to know mm-hmm. exactly what you're inheriting. So, yeah, exactly. Um, all the risks and vulnerabilities that come along with it. Yeah, those background checks. Okay, so moving on from Avast, let's talk about NordVPN. Alex, what. Is going
1: on with NordVPN. So this was something that so almost similarly NordVPN which is a VPN provider uh, it's quite popular um, they announced that they had so they announced that a data center that they had been using in Finland they had made some changes that they weren't necessarily made aware of and that resulted in the exposure of an internal private key for the VPN which could According to NordVPN, under very specific circumstances, allow someone to create.
2: Um, cr- it would allow people to create their own servers and impersonate. Impersonate NordVPN, NordVPN
1: Nord, yeah. right? Yeah. Without the end user being aware, being aware of, of it, that. yeah. Mm.
2: Which conflicts with the company's uh, general uh, reputation, as it kind of positions itself as a company that protects online privacy so yeah and
1: NordVPN came under similar to what happened with Avast with CCleaner they came under a lot of scrutiny for kind of the the way that they handled this situation because they received a lot of flack from the security community saying that they were downplaying what had actually happened Mm -hmm. Um, and there were some mentions of right because they do business within the EU there's some mentions of GDPR and the implications of that but if NordVPN says that actually well no Customer data was impacted. Then it doesn't technically fall under um, under the remnant of GDPR, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were aware of this breach um, for quite some time now, for uh, a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it
0: says that they were um, they were notified about the breach in April thir- on, on April thirteenth. Yeah, so it's over half year. a year. Yeah. So I mean, and then they they destroyed the server. But yeah.
2: why why did they come out about it now?
0: I'm not sure. Um, I wonder if. Did it get picked up by, by media? Um, and then, like, maybe somebody heard about it, and then that's why they had to address it now. Maybe they didn't think that they would have to address it. Um, there were some logs I, that were... I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were some logs that were leaked on Pastebin that showed kind of the effect of the intrusion. Okay. And that's why some security commentators were looking at that, and they were saying, like, hey, this is actually much worse than mm-hmm. we're being told. hmm Okay, that makes more sense
0: then. Mm. Um, it's interesting, because it's like, you see... You see somebody like Avast, who has experienced a pretty significant, um, you know, breach of their. I mean, they they were literally sending out malicious updates through one of their update uh, through one of their softwares, um, and then you have somebody like NordVPN, who is all about privacy and is all about you know protecting data. I mean, that's essentially their business mm-hmm. model, and um, they have two completely different responses to to a, you know, cyber event. Um, It seems like the Avast stuff, pretty well received, even though there was, like, some uh, shenanigans going on with one of their temporary VPN profiles. It's like, you look into the NordVPN stuff, and even though they say that there were no user credentials affected or anything like that, it's still pretty heavily scrutinized. Like Mm -hmm. you say, a bunch of security researchers were kind of coming down on them and, um, you know, talking about the bigger effects of what that, um, what, what that breach actually look like. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, and I think part, part of it is the fact that in this day and age, it's kind of like, if you have a breach, if you have a cyber incident that could even remotely possibly affect customer data, you need to have a plan in place to
1: respond to it publicly because it's going to come out, um, you know. And so, I mean, with the with Vast as well, they did wait a little bit before disclosing it because they wanted to track what mm-hmm. was going on. And with NordVPN, they did wait a little bit, but that was because they, again, they wanted to make sure that none of their other data centers were vulnerable to a similar type of incident. And right. when you have, what is it, almost 3,000 sure or over 3,000 yeah. different different data centers and different nodes, right, that's going to take a lot of time. So, But we're talking about months with the NordVPN yeah. stuff. The, yeah. Uh, a vast stuff was days. Mm-hmm. I mean know? with the with the NordVPN thing, it initially happened they they it initially happened in March of 2018. Right, right. But they might not have necessarily known.
0: Yeah, actually they say that. They say in March mm-hmm. of 2018 we were unaware of it at that time. Yeah. Um and then they don't really say, they say that they were notified about it in April of this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So,
2: they also said that they shredded the server the same day.
0: Yeah. So they just they completely destroyed it, which I mean is good. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. But like would would there have been as much pushback on this uh, if they had released a statement on April 14th mm-hmm. or, you know, a week later? Or something yeah, like
1: I mean, again, here comes the thing with transparency, right? Yeah. For public perception, people generally like it when companies let them know of things that are going on as soon as they happen or as soon as they realistically can let the public know because there mm-hmm. are cases like with, with Avast, right, if you let this information out that compromises what you're able to actually do and find out about what's been going on. Right, right. I think that, um,
0: yeah, it's just the public perception of it, right? Obviously, there's going to be circumstances that you can't uh, release information on things right away. Mm -hmm. Like, that will definitely happen. I'm not saying that every situation calls for an immediate transparency sort of action, but um, I think that it's important to at least when this statement comes out, when it does come out, explain the reasons why it took so long. Because Mm -hmm. I think that was a big question in people's minds as to why, why did you wait so long to, to respond to this? Mm -hmm. Um, we saw a similar thing, not to equate this to Equifax, but we saw a similar response uh, to Equifax where it was like, why did y'all wait so long to to talk about this? Um, and that's obviously a completely different situation. I don't want to equate it, you know, apples to apples, but, um,
1: it's still an interesting sort of thing yeah i mean it's different also with what kind of cyber event we're looking at with something like a data breach a lot of times these things happen without anyone knowing, right, yeah. except for the attacker. And that's kind of the point of a successful data breach. Right. Whereas with things like ransomware events, it's a bit more in the... It
0: happens right away. It happens
1: right away. And that's what we saw with Norse Hydra last year, right? As soon as it happened, the company was like, all right, we're on this, we're letting everyone know what we're doing, what happened to the best of our extent. And that was another example of how they handled it very, very well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but I guess the difference between rath- ransomware and a breach is like a ransomware actually stifles business activity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And a breach is like, oh well. Here in this case, we don't know if customer data was mm-hmm. compromised. So right. it doesn't affect everybody, but you know, it could it fly under differently. Right. At least
1: not immediately, right? It could fly
0: under the radar a little yeah. bit more um, than a ransomware. Yeah, when, because if people can't
2: log to their VPN, then obviously that yeah. people something's wrong. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that makes total sense.
2: I think something that I picked up from Twitter, um, and this kind of goes like, when you're thinking about a breach, or when a breach occurs in the business, it's like. You've got to involve different teams, like cross-party collaboration or mm-hmm. cross-team collaboration. Um, and I think the same day the breach happened, there was a market- marketing campaign um, where an ad went out. Um, an ad said, ain't no hacker can steal your, your online life if you use a VPN. Um, yes. And, um, That's what we call irony. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but in response, uh, NordVPN kind of admitted that um, marketing weren't really aware um let me just find the statement (laughs) yeah i'm sure Um, they weren't read into the they actually said our marketing department got ahead of themselves um, Mm. and published an ad on twitter that triggered the infosec community um so yeah i just think as well when these things happen you've all got to be on the same page internally Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: for sure and i think that and i don't know obviously the inner workings of nordvpn or anything like that but um you know, this is the situation where you want to have a plan in place. You want to have those processes already worked out before something like this happens, before you have to answer to a breach response. And it's like, okay, I need to go talk to my head of marketing and, and see, are there any issues there? Okay, I need to go talk to legal. Like, you want to have those things kind of ironed out. You want to have disaster, um, not disaster, but crisis management situations yeah. kind of under control um, and and, you know, documented. Uh, So that everybody knows what they are. Um, Okay, so NordVPN. That leads us into the a a blog that got published this week from Dr. Richard Gold um, from Digital Shadows. Alex, why don't you talk about that one? So Rich's Gold.
1: Rich's Gold. Ooh. (laughs) So Rich's blog talks about Wi-Fi security, and it's it's a nice take on the uh, the wisdom that a lot of people conventional wisdom that a lot of people know. It's you know security awareness. They think okay always be wary of public wi-fi never go directly into public wi-fi without having any kind of protection on your devices so something like a vpn VPN. right so it leads in (laughs) perfectly and so his blog discusses the ways that wi-fi works in the modern world right now in that it's not actually as insecure as people might be led to believe, and it is good practice to you know, use additional safeguards, but you shouldn't use them just for the sake of using them because, like we saw with um, NordVPN, these two examples here with NordVPN, there are other issues that could put you in a worse-off spot than sure. if you were just going to use the Wi-Fi just blindly. Just blindly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think one of the things that I've seen... <coughs> I think one of the things that I've seen that uh, kind of has opened my eyes in terms of VPNs over the last eight years or so um, are the fact that, like, VPNs literally track all of your information. I mean, they have to. They have to. I mean, you're you're funneling all of your traffic through them. Uh, So are you going to put your trust into a public Wi-Fi at Starbucks uh, that somebody could be sitting on? and could be tracking you know all your traffic through like it's certainly possible i'm not discounting that fact at all but a vpn company who is not legitimate and you're just kind of trusting it because it's a quote-unquote vpn uh especially when it's something that is a free vpn a free vpn or something like that that might not be you know uh, uh legitimate like they're going to have they're going to know what to do what to track what to you know maybe sell your data to an ad service or something like that like like ISPs do right that's that's one reason why some people try and use VPNs is to get away from ISP tracking but if you don't use a legitimate VPN they can just do the exact same thing mm-hmm. um so I know that that's that's not necessarily what they're talking what what Rich's blog is talking about but that is something that in my mind when we're talking about VPNs and Wi-Fi's and stuff mm-hmm. like that that comes to that comes to my mind.
2: I don't know where the like insecurity stems from like everyone is quite paranoid about the whole public Wi-Fi
0: mm. situation. So I think I think it's I mean I guess read the blog, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to read the blog. If you want to read the blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I think – and I think it's a good point that Rich brings up and that you've already mentioned is the fact that, like, it's probably not as insecure as people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. I think, obviously, there's a lot of hyperbole in media reporting and stuff like that. It just gets kind of, like, made to be worse than it actually is. Um, So when Rich talks about things like TLS and implementing that in – basically encrypting that traffic from the browser that you're you're already on to that website, it's like, okay, so the Wi-Fi, even though somebody else is on the Wi-Fi, they can't see that data. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if you're just using completely unencrypted stuff, which is fairly old school at this point, um, not using TLS, not using any sort of um, certs to uh, kind of, you know, authenticate yourself and, and encrypt your data, like that's pretty old and might not be as common as people you know in a lot of places yeah Yeah. exactly
1: so yeah if you use a vpn right you might be led to believe that you're automatically safe completely secure and you don't have to do anything else so you don't have to follow any other security protocols just throw all that out the window as long as you're using a vpn you're fine like that ad from uh nordvpn would suggest yeah Yeah.
2: or like the blog that they published in 2018
1: yeah but the thing is that it's not a catch-all right especially with the vpns that you set up yourself or ones that maybe aren't as user-friendly so those that require a bit more um a bit more setting up configuration right you run the risk of having it not being configured correctly correctly, and that can lead you to another path that might leave you more exposed than you would be if you're just using the wi-fi without A VPN, so they're not they're not catch all security blankets, right?
0: Well, yeah. Also, on VPN, like if you if you're trying to use a public VPN, I mean, sorry, a public uh, Wi-Fi spot, um, and you also have a a VPN, it could, uh, it kind of introduces some issues with like captive screens, captive portals that come up and let's just use Starbucks for example they, you know, when you when you get onto their Wi-Fi, there's a captive portal on there mm-hmm. that basically just says okay, you need to click here before you can mm-hmm. uh, log in. You see that a lot at hotels as well um, but if you have a VPN enabled that can sort of get in the way of it and it can kind of throw you into a weird loop. Like I've experienced that several times, especially if the captive portal is not set up correctly yeah. or if the router is, you know, not necessarily configured correctly. So um, that can throw an issue into it. And so like, if you're, if you're in a spot where you have to have Wi-Fi, you have to have an internet connection, you know, what are you supposed to do at that point? Right? Like if you can't connect to your VPN and you have to have Wi-Fi, like, there has to be some other workaround for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that comes back to your point of having your actual device configured correctly. Uh, and it'll go a lot
1: further. Goes
0: a lot further than just having a VPN. Uh, VPN is not the end all be all to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because it only encrypts, well, quote unquote, only encrypts your traffic. Um, it doesn't protect you from somebody stealing your laptop or plugging in a USB device into it and yep. poning you that way. Or clicking um, on a
2: malicious link. Exactly. Or, or clicking shoulder on a malicious surfing. link.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it's not the end-all, be-all. And I think that marketing can sort of lead people to think that it is, um, which we've seen. VPN providers have their own issues. so um, So, yeah, so it comes up quite a bit. If you want to go read the full intelligence summary which we don't i don't think that any of these topics were in the intelligence summary this week so there's plenty of additional content within the within the intelligence summary this week so please go download it uh it's at resources.digitalshadows.com please remember to go rate us on itunes vic is singing into her microphone right now um this leads us into the question of the week question of the week this week oh does vic have one would
2: you rather be able to sing or dance would I rather be able to sing or dance?
1: Oh. Really, really well. Oh. Like oh,
0: Beyonce-style singing? I think, uh, I think dance. I think dance, probably. Because okay. like, I, I cannot dance. But you can sing. I can't sing either, <laughs> but like, I, I literally can't dance. Uh, so I feel like dancing... Ooh, this is going to be controversial. Oh. I feel like dancing is more impressive than singing.
2: Dancing is a bit more expressive.
0: It's more visual. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Justin Timberlake, not a great singer. Great dancer, though. Mm. Senorita. Yeah.
1: I'd I'd say singing. I mean, if you're looking at how you can build a career off either one of those, I'd say it's probably easier to build a career off being able to sing really, really, really well. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah, but then
2: you can look at Britney... I don't know. You who just that get is. people, Britney singers, Spears. Oh.
0: Spears. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? All the oh, Britneys in the world. Come on, now. There's only one Britney. Let's, like, let's be real.
2: Get some people to sing on your behalf, and then you do the dancing. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's a little it- frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> what do you choose?
2: I think dancing.
0: Oh, we got two dancers, two dancers, and one singer. Guys, it could
2: make a band.
0: All right, you be the singer. <laughs> we'll dance. You'll be background. the backup dancer. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'll be a digital shadows. Well, we always talk about having a digital shadows band. There's so many people yeah. in digital shadows that no musical yeah. instruments. It's basically an <laughs> orchestra right now. <laughs> it really is. Um, all right, cool. That was a good question. That was a good They're one. Great. Thank you for, thank you for coming all the way just over from to London. Just, just, like, to, just for the question. I just came
2: just to bring that. <laughs>
0: um, thank you so much for joining us this week. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on shadow talk. Pleasure. And, uh, next week you'll probably be back in London. I will. Hosting, uh, next week's episode um thank you guests thank you listeners talk to y'all next week